Hello friends and welcome to Monday's edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. Not long now then, one game to go in Ipswich Town season, a 1-1 draw in the deadest of dead rubbers, trademark Stuart Watson said a million times by Roscoe in the game day video post-match on Saturday. I hope you've had a good weekend. I'm Mark Heath, I'm your host and with me, three fellow Kings today and I'm going to start with the man who is easily my favourite King, Stewie, the doctor, the hairless one, Watson. Just as well I didn't listen to the last one because then because then I know that you're, you're not lying when you say that about favourite King. Exactly, exactly, my friend. That was as sincere as I get. You are my favourite. Mm. Um, you are our very own answer to Jason Statham. Um, and you were, you were at crew at the weekend along with the mm. boy Rossi. Um, the other, other two def- that, definitely aren't your favourites, no? Take them or leave them, mate, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> How are you anyway? I'm, I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, not too bad. I particularly enjoyed, and obviously we're going to talk about crew in, in due course, I particularly enjoyed your little um, video post-crew with the legend... Mike Turbot, who many people now are starting to call the Sixth King. Um, you did a post-game video. If you've not seen it, obviously Hutchie was uh, otherwise engaged this weekend. Mr. Bacon off on a, a, lo- a long-awaited holiday. So you were flying solo. But for the, the post-match reaction video, you had a friend, and it was Mike. And it was... Friend! It was it was, it was was nice. It had a like, kind of, suitably for the game, it had a kind of end-of-term sort of feel to it. Um, I enjoyed it. So if you've not seen it, go, go and watch it. How was it for you, Stuart? It was good. Yeah, I couldn't think of anyone better suited to to step in and and do that with me on on Saturday. Um, Mike Turbot has been to every game home and away this season. Bar mm. Barrow, he always likes to throw him. We'll let him off that one. I didn't go to Barrow. Um, that's that's remarkable, and that sums up the support that this football club has had over the course of this season. Thirteen hundred mm. crew. You know, Cheshire, another trip everywhere as far away from Suffolk as we know for a game that had nothing riding on it. Remarkable. This uh, this supporter base, cliche time, des- deserves something because uh, they've been there through thick and thin, not just this season, but a long time back. But yeah, delighted to be joined by Mike. Um, gutted for him that his uh, his journeys up and down the, the land haven't, uh, haven't brought more success this season. But... Um, yeah, you're right. It, it did have an end of end of term feel to things on on Saturday. Um, mm. well, we'll get into that in due course. We are obviously going to have to make passing mention of the crew game, but the majority of the podcast day is going to be spent doing that long promised contracts and loans debate. So stay tuned for that. Um, just while I continue to introduce my my fellow kings, my second favourite, I'd say probably clad entirely as is his sponsorship deal in Adidas today. Uh, the boy, the boy wonder, the hairy monster. That is Roscoe Ross Hall's fresh Rossi from the sea at Felix. Though, tell us all about that. <laughs> I thought that was going to be more in-house thing, but um, <laughs> but yeah, Ross that, is, that... it's never an in-house thing. <laughs> no, no, behind closed doors and all that. Um, yeah, that to be fair, in April it's not actually as cold as you think. Um, so yeah, the women's team had their final home game of the season and uh, had a little dip in the Felix sea. Um, was why not um so yeah i was very salty afterwards um as you know the sea is salty uh but no good fun sun was shining spring is in the air summer is close to be here as well very good just set the scene so you're you're on the beers after the after the um the final game of the season uh, and you and a couple of or, or one other town ladies related friend say sun's out let's get in that sea yeah pretty much that that was the the story and um yeah i and went you stripped off first. you stripped off yeah and went, james went, bond like yeah back out like james bond um yeah it was a uh, good fun fun was had and uh you gotta have a bit of fun in you there you go so if you were if you were down felix Day seafront yesterday and you went who's that idiot in the sea uh it was it was the boy ross um and you had a chance to go and say hello but you missed it right then firmly at the bottom of the pile in terms of my favorite rankings uh, Hutch Hogan. Uh, <laughs> Hutchie, uh, while the boys were in crew this weekend, you were hosting a big event of your own, a fourth birthday party. Um, how did it go? Break it down for us. Break it down. Um, no one ended up in the sea. Good. Which which was a good start with four-year-olds. But no, it went very well, thank you. Um, good time was had by all. 
on a nice big bouncy castle. So all, oh. all was good. Did you get on the bouncy castle? If Gladwell Entertainment are listening to this, no, because it is a child's <laughs> child's only bouncy castle. But and that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay, fair enough. We'll talk to you off air about the the, the stunts and tricks you were pulling out. Um, right then, friends, that's all of us introduced. Let's get on to this game at Crew, which was the deadest of dead robbers, dead as a dodo. Stick a fork in it; it was dead. Um, and I'm not going to spend too long talking about this game because clearly it it, it matters not. Uh, but we do have to mention it, being as we're an Ipswich Town podcast and there was a game at the weekend. So, Stewie, tell me what you think the people would like to know about the game from the weekend. I guess looking at looking at it on, on paper, the most interesting things for me were the likes of KVY and Piggott playing. But you take it away, my friend. You tell me what the people should know, need to know. I think what the people need to know is that um, because of uh, Andy wasn't able to, to attend at the weekend, uh, we returned to the Scarlet Lady. <laughs> our, our good friend Barry uh, drove us to and to and from Crew, which saved Ross having to suffer my terrible driving to, yeah, to and from hey. as well. So uh, yes. he he was okay in the back, and I'm glad I'm glad I didn't have to put you through that, Ross. Obviously, you'll be uh, you'll be you'll be a a past driver come the start of preseason, and uh, the boot will be on the other foot. So that's the first takeaway of of the game at Crew. Um, what else do the people need to know? Not a lot, really. Ipswich took the lead, didn't kill it off, conceded a goal in the 86th minute. Just just play back what we said after Shrewsbury or or Oxford yeah. or uh, a few other games over the course of this this season. Really, it was the, it was the bits to like, bits to not like, the best and the worst of us, as Kieran McKenna said after after the Wigan game. It's just a reminder of of the work that's still going to be required to turn Ipswich into a proper winning machine in League mm. One next season. As good as the last few months have been and the progress and the excitement under Kieran McKenna, maybe this isn't a bad thing that we all go into the summer with our, our feet just on the ground a little bit. I love that you've gone back and listened to podcasts. You've taken me by surprise and I'm overjoyed that you have. How do you feel about um, Rossi marking, grading your driving, Stewie, as a, being such an experienced driver himself? Uh, I don't know what else to say about that. I mean, <laughs> I, I yeah. technically didn't say you're the worst driver. It just, <laughs> it, just uh, it was old, definitely, it was old. definitely implied. It, yeah, it was implied. I'm now starting to know what it feels like for Ipswich Town footballers who are on the end of, of grades <laughs> from from Andy and I, who probably in the warm up they quite often sort of run towards if if wherever sort of located pitch side in the press box which is at a few grounds they'll, they'll often probably glance up and see one of Andy or I stuffing a pie into our mouth and thinking <laughs> one of those men is about to grade our athletic performance in in two hours time um that's how I felt when when Ross sort of passed judgment on on my driving and that's a perfect segue into passing judgment on said athletes um as I said Piggott Piggott was back playing KBY was back what how did those two do? Because clearly they're going to be interested there. I, I note in your excellent post-match reaction video with uh, with Mr. Turbot aforementioned, you referred to KBY doing a passable Wes Burns impression and Piggott maybe not having um, such a good time. What, what were your observations on those two? Yeah, I think Kane's return was, was a big <clears throat> positive for me. Um, he people have kind of forgotten about him because of the amount of injuries he's had over, over a period of time. And when I heard last week that, oh, Kane's missed some more training, he's had a hamstring this time and it's been, it's been knee, it's been calf, it's been adductor. And when players like that have these litany of injuries, you begin to worry, especially when they're sort of dynamic, explosive players like Kane, Vincent Young, is he, is he ever going to be the same again? But, on paper, Kane Vincent Young is is a Kieran McKenna player all day long. He's talking about wanting to add athleticism to this this squad, and and I think he just wants them to be a bit more dynamic. Um, so I was really pleased to see him back, and I was pleased to get him see, get a really solid seventy minutes under his belt on on that right wing back role. He um, he he tried to do the Wes Burns role. He played quite high. He was always an attacking outlet. He, he supplied the assist for the goal. Um, Hopefully, with a with a good sort of injury free preseason behind him, he's someone that that uh, that could step up under Kieran McKenna next season. Mm. How about how about the pig? Um, 
don't know if I can say a lot more than what people have already seen of Joe Pigger. He, I thought he started quite well. I thought his, his his movement was good. Some of his touches were were quite sharp. His layoffs, but he sort of fade, faded away a little bit as as the game went. Became sort of less and less influential, and was another that got taken off after after seventy minutes. I just feel a little bit sorry for Joe Piggott, really. He's, he's come in debut season and if you look at where his starts have come, I think, uh, I think he's made eight or nine starts. You'll have to go back and double-check. double, double check when Half mm. of those came in the opening month of the season. So he's it's very hard for a player to get parachuted into a team once every six to eight weeks and suddenly be asked to, to make a real big impact straight away. He looks like someone that would, would need a run of games to get himself going. And, and I don't know if that's ever going to come at Ipswich, as I think in many discussions about Joe Piggott that we've had over the course of the season, sometimes it just feels like things are heading in a, a you know, the die is cast and things are heading in a certain direction. It just doesn't feel like it's meant to be for Joe Piggott. It's not to say he's not a good player. It's not to say he's not a good person, but I just... Don't know if he's the right fit for Ipswich Town at this juncture. So I wouldn't be surprised if, for all parties' sake, that that's one that that maybe maybe sees him depart in the summer. We'll see. Mm. Rossi, you were there, there with the fans. How was the uh, the day for you, and what did you make of the the game and the various performances? I don't think this has been mentioned yet, but um, deadest of dead rubbers. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's rubbish. Why not? I'm sorry. Um, but no, it, it felt like that, you know, pre-match, during the match, after the match. Um, Stu's already mentioned it, you know, 1,300 town fans going to crew for a nothing game. Crew relegated. We're going to finish most likely 11th in League One. You know, if we win on Saturday, we could finish 10th or 9th, whatever. But um, I echo what Stu said about KVY. Um it was great to see him back on the pitch, play a full 90 minutes, um, got his assist. Joe Piggott, oh, dearie me. I do feel sorry for Joe. I'm a big fan of Joe Piggott, to be fair. But, yeah, just he's, sometimes his touches, he plays a shot over the bar. Um, I think he needs a fresh start. Don't know if that's pre-season with us or a new club. We'll, we shall see. We'll discuss that, I'm sure, going mm-hmm. forward. But um, overall, it was just what it was. Connor Chaplin, length goal of the season for him. Um, a good finish, good goal. Um, Christian Walton was his normal self. A, a point blank save once mm. again. Um, yeah, crew got their goal. And I'm going to bring up again set pieces. You know we're getting bad at set pieces when the town fans are singing. We're going to score from a corner. Um, that's when you know it's bad with set pieces. But um, overall, it was just the deadest of dead rubbers. Hutchie, I know you're staying very quiet. Obviously, you weren't there. Um, I haven't forgotten about you. Your, your time to shine will come. And do chime in if there's anything you want to say about crew. Um, but I was I was moved and taken <clears throat> by your sign-off from, from Stu Says this week, Stewie, which I thought I'd just repeat back now and, and see if you want to add anything to it. Next year will be our year. How often have we said that heading off into the summer? These constant false dawns have to stop. No excuses. It's time for the club to deliver. Tell me about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't know if there's a lot more to, to add than that, really. I just, <clears throat> I was just fearful. Uh, and I, I'm as guilty as the rest of us. We live and we breathe this football club. And we're, we, as much as we try to sort of stay on an even keel and not sort of get sucked into the emotional twists and turns. Um, I just feel like having lived through so many of these false dawns and disappointments, you almost put up a bit of an emotional shield to it. And as much Mm -hmm. as I sort of believe that this club is now heading in the right direction again, because of everything we've seen from the ownership from Mark Ashton from Kieran McKenna I just get this feeling that I felt like this before and I, and it's a bit like I'll believe it when I see it type mm. type vibe and I and this this last few weeks has just kind of just brought everyone down down to earth a little bit in a good way I think um as I've said so you know there were when Ipswich got relegated it was 
you know, well, Paul Hurst has assembled a team of lower league all stars. We'll be will be great for League One. This this is going to be a good thing, and that was going to be our year, and it, and it didn't happen. And then the following year, it was well, we're better equipped to kind of sail through COVID. We've got a stable squad. We didn't make loads of changes, and that stability is going to help us. And we'll you know we'll be fine for next year. It's going to be our year, and, and it didn't happen again. And then last year, well, Paul Cook's come in, and he's he's a proven manager, and. He got. He had the summer to completely change it, and again, Ipswich were amongst the favourites. So we can't keep saying it every year. We can't. I know that is football. And the beauty of football is there's always another year, and we can always have a reset, and we can always start again. But it's not going to be any easier next year. Look at the teams. The three teams coming down. There's only going to be three out of a, a very competitive top half that are going to go up. So it's just a reminder these last few weeks that there's there's still a few missing ingredients for Ipswich Town and there's uh you know there's still some work to be done mm. yeah um McKenna and Cameron Burgess both kind of alluded to that post game didn't they McKenna saying there's a lot of work to be done in the summer and Burgess saying that we've got no excuses not to start next season strongly at one of our um, columnists Terry Hunt North Stander argues that the flat finish could be a blessing in disguise in a way which I think is similar, similar yeah. to something you said in terms of um, kind of lowering expectations and 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 throwing a healthy dollop of realism all over things um, as to how much work maybe is still left to be done, um, and it's not just going to be a cakewalk next summer. Who would have thought, boys, when we sat here doing the season preview, that we'd be sitting here with a game to go and Town basically <clears throat> can finish ninth again if they win at the weekend, maybe. Um, ninth, if, if about four results go yeah. his way, we mm. we could finish ninth. It's that's where we're at at Portsmouth. We've got two games to play still. <clears> um, I can't remember who Bolton are playing next weekend, but eleventh and a very good chance they could end up eleventh at the moment. Which, going back to the preseason predictions, no no one would have had Ipswich as low as eleventh. And just for for context, I went through it. People, somebody on Twitter said about, well, you know, we need to calm down Sheffield United took six seasons to get back up and look how they've gone and and I remember when Ipswich first got relegated I did a series of features on what it was like for big clubs in League One and I think I categorized them there was there was the big clubs that bounced back straight away you know instant promotion there were some that took a bit of patience and a bit of time to get back and there there were some that fell into a pattern of sort of yo-yoing but I, I went I looked back over those articles last night following a Twitter exchange and I put it together sort of where those teams finished and even the ones that took longer Sheffield United are the outlier at six seasons that's by far and away the longest I think the most after that has been three seasons Sunderland now are in fourth and they might end up going up this Mm. season but all of those teams had playoff finishes along the way and Ipswich for three successive seasons haven't finished in the top six Mm. and there's no way of dressing that up that's that's unacceptable. That's not good enough with the crowds that Ipswich get, that the budgets that they had even pre-takeover, they have to be doing better than that. And I think it's this sort of almost Suffolk mentality of this really positive, you know, getting applauded on their way to relegation. And there needs to be a little, just a little bit of gentle pressure, a little bit of reminder on the club that this has got to be better. You know, mm. we can't all just be having our heads in the clouds here and thinking this is all going to be great now and this is brilliant. You know, there has to be just that little bit of, of gentle pressure from the fan base, from us, from everybody that this has to improve now. And mm. that, and there, there really is no excuses now because they've got all, all the ingredients off the pitch with the manager, with the ownership. They've got to start getting this right now. Mm. I was reminded, actually, I was moved when uh, we were talking about the Rotherham game a couple of weeks ago. Um, and there was there was reference, I think, in your strike on the on the fan social, Rossi, of Daryl Murphy scoring a hat trick against Rotherham in a five two win years ago. Going back five six seven years, Town versus Rotherham was automatic Town win, three points, easy game for Town in the Championship. Uh, and now it's like, oh, Rotherham, tough game. Um, aspirationally, can 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 we go up? Maybe we, I mean Rotherham, Peterborough, Barnsley, classic yo yo sides. And now we're talking about Town kind of being almost below that kind of that level, which is which is a sobering thought, isn't it? Um, anyway, right, let's draw a line under crew. And let's jump forward and give Hutchie a time to shine, or at least warm his vocal cords up before his main time to shine, reflecting on the EFL awards from last night, Hutchie, because we've got a couple of award winners. Um, 
the club themselves won an award and also Burns Baby Burns, Wesley James Burns, named in the in the team of the season. Just brings up speed on that. Mm, yeah, that's, um, I think, first of all, the, the, the big one for the club really is is to be the EFL's family club of family club of the year. That's across the whole of the EFL. So that's kind mm. of a, a reward for everything they do off the pitch in, in terms of working with supporters and that side of things, which we, we long talk about Ipswich as being a family club. Uh, I think a lot of clubs would call themselves family clubs that I don't Maybe aside from Millwall, do you think any are there any clubs that <laughs> that wouldn't wouldn't describe themselves as a family club? But I, I think that one that one is is really important actually because um, there's this, we we long talk about this feel good factor around the football club, and as Stu's just said in quite some detail, not there isn't an awful lot of that mm. coming from coming from the football pitch. So there's there's other. There's clearly other things around it that's that's helping supporters feel connected to their club and um and feel feel as if they belong. Things like the fan the fan zone, the her game two stuff, rainbow tractors, um, the community trust, all of that. That's really important. That's foundations for the football club. Um, but for Wes Burns, that's a really good achievement at the end of a first season at, at town that's really impressive. He's the only I think I'm right, he's the only kind of non- non-promotion contender to have made it into that League One team of the season, which um, obviously with, with his goals in, input from the right flank is um, is a good reward for a really good first year um, at the club. I'm just looking forward to seeing what he can do next year, hopefully as part of a, a more kind of fluid attacking unit that doesn't rely on him quite quite so much. What did we make of the, the other award winners? Because obviously Selina was up for, for goal of the season. He's lost out to Barry Bannon of Sheffield Wednesday um, and Scott Twine won League One player of the season ha, ha, your reaction to those Stewie I think Burson Selina would have stood a better chance I don't know what angles of that goal the judges have seen but there was some it was the day after that goal it was obviously breathtaking on the night mm. but it was the day after that goal that I truly appreciated it for the touch the touch is what makes that goal. Over the shoulder, kills it with the with the sole of his boot, the studs, dead. And there was a there was a more of a pitch side angle from behind that goal that that sort of uh, showcased that a little bit more. I don't know if the judges saw that, but that's what made the Burson Selina goal magic. The the chip I... is fantastic, obviously, but yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it stood a chance, but there were some some very strong candidates in there. Out of the others, actually, I think I preferred Ben Wilmot's goal for Stoke. That is an yeah. absolute hammer. He's miles out, and the ball's still accelerating as it as it still hits the back of the net. That was probably mm. the one that I thought was the the best contender there. But I think there's some recency bias with that Barry Bannon one. That was only last week, and mm. it was live on Sky. I think that probably got a fair amount of buzz around that they put the wrong Cole Stockton goal in the uh in the, in, in the in the he scored a better one than the one that he's actually got nominated for he's got a, I think it was a last minute winner for Morecambe mm. against Fleetwood from the halfway line and they that wasn't him no they put his kind of speculative he, he had kind of another one which wasn't quite as far out which is a bit more speculative right. than the other one which was clearly meant that didn't even make it onto the shortlist so uh I think we're saying that this was a nonsense award, aren't we? But um, <laughs> but uh, uh, Selena, Selena's is kind of the Hummel of the of the list, I think. Like the the hipsters' choice, the uh, the purists' choice, which I don't know if everyone would appreciate. Um, but that Bannon's a bit obvious. Yeah, Scott Six, Scott, Twi- Scott Twine, player of the season. Well, he's class. He'll be, he'll be playing yeah. in the championship next season, w- whether it's with MK Dons or with someone else. He's I think sixteen goals and thirteen assists. He's he's absolutely brilliant. So. That's mad. Uh, and just to dot the I's and cross the T's, the, the League One team of the season, Michael Cooper of Plymouth in goal, back three, Jigan, uh, Wiggins, Jack Watmore, Michael Ahikwe of Rotherham, and MK Dons, Harry Darling in midfield, Dan Barlazer of Rotherham, Barry Bannon aforementioned, Burns and James McLean of Wigan, um, Twine, Ross Stewart of Sunderland, and Rotherham's Michael Smith up top with Liam Richardson of Wigan. Hmm. <laughs> being the manager there's that mm. list there screams a little bit of what could have been for Ipswich yeah. obviously obviously Richardson had he had he come with with Cook we'll never know um 
Scott Twine as well. A lot of people were talking about Scott Twine being Ipswich should go for him last season. They went for Scott Fraser instead, who was meant to be the the, the more sure thing, someone who'd done it more regularly at League One one level. Um, that obviously hasn't aged particularly well. That decision to to go down that route has it. So, um, but yeah, some some good players on that list for sure. Oh. I've put together my own team of the season that I might publish it, but I've challenged myself. I've done that. I've done it. You can only have one player from each club, right? Including including subs. So I might nice. I might put that I might put that on the website at some point, just because I, I was bored. I think you should actually. Um, that's good. Wes Burns, you... Wes Burns is in it. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you that spoiler now. Superb! Isn't that great that you're bored? You just write your own League One team of the season and you get paid for it, mate. Living the dream, unbelievable. Well, I to technically do it out of working time. So if you could, if you oh, could I see, put, if you could put through <laughs> some overtime, yeah, did it on a bank holiday as well. So that would be ah, um, uh, yeah, time and think, a half. All right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right then, friends. Um, so we've done, we've done crew, we've done the FL awards, uh, and we're about twenty-seven minutes in. So that gives us a good half-hour chunk, maybe a bit more, to get right into the meat of this one, which is, as promised, a chat about the out of contract and loan players at town and what we think town should do with them um so let's start with the out of contract players um there's a few of them um so let's go through one by one i think to start off with though that there's probably four which i reckon all of us are going to say they're probably on the way out the door and it, it doesn't merit that that much of a conversation so put your hand up and shout if you disagree with me here but thomas holy miles kenlock brett mcgavin bailey clements all out of contract is it any of us that can see any argument for keeping any of them in the summer. No, not not for no. me. No, sorry. No. Okay, good. That's four down. Let's get into probably the most high profile one then, which is James Norwood, striker, Narky Norwood, up and down season, literally come from the fringes or being on his way out the club to win player of the season, scored a few goals. Then he's gone quiet again, although he has been starting recently. James Norwood, Andy Hutch Warren, what would you do with him? Mm. There were two of these that I found very, very difficult. Mm. Um, and James James was one of them. We spoke about this one on the last podcast on Thursday, didn't we? When we, mm-hmm. saw, when we spoke about strikers. Um, and clearly we all think there's going to be a significant summer rebuild in the striking area. There needs to be. Um, but James, James Norwood is a player that I firmly believe could be a part of an Ipswich Town striking unit. However, I think he's suited to being a main man. I don't think he's suited to being uh, 10 minutes off the bench, start every third game kind of guy. I think he's good enough to be a main man in League One. Um, There's an option in his contract that obviously means Town can keep him. But if I was James Norwood, I think I'd be looking at this wanting a fresh start. And to be else elsewhere, being a main man, a good contract mm. for a good club, I think he could get in League One. And for that reason, I think if I was Ipswich Town, I would also be thinking fresh start for you, James James Norwood. And, and so I, I would maybe reluctantly, um, I'd, I'd go release. Okay, well, you, you've gone early there. I was going to do the thumbs thing, but we'll, we'll do that. You with, told uh, me to tell me. You, you told oh, no, me. You especially told me to tell it's me my, what would I do with James it, Norwood. It's it's my own fault, Hutchie, and I deserve that dressing down, um, and I'll take it. But from from now, can you can you give me your thoughts and then hold off on your final thought for the the very visual thumbs up, thumbs down. None of this, please. This this because we had a few of those last season, which I was I was not taken with. That's the that's the the sitting on the fence. If you're just listening, um, thumb to the side. So Hutchie's gone early. Norwood out the door. Stewie. Your great mate says kick Norwood out. What do you reckon? Didn't say kick him out. Let's just get these sound bites cleared up. Yeah, I, I would probably reluctantly let him go. Your mate says kick him out. <laughs> let's get Norwood. Let's boot him right out the door. Get rid. Get in the bin. Oh, gone. Dear. I'm getting um, adjusting down today and I deserve it. I'm, I'm far too sensationalist. That's get in line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, kick him out. That's what I say. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm probably, and I think this is probably going to happen quite a lot in a, in the same, same ballpark as, as Andy, really. I, I've said it loads of times. I think he's their best striker at the football club. He's, 
he's the one that I know he missed that chance recently, but he's the one that if if I was putting my mortgage on it, you know, who's going to take this this chance? It would be James Norwood. I think he's a he's a I think he's got an unfair reputation in terms of of character. He's someone who's worked really hard to get himself fit and in a really good condition this season. But ultimately, Kieran McKenna, every new manager, I think, wants to get their own strikers in the door. And strikers cost money. And Ipswich are going to have to juggle the budget a little bit. And around these conversations, it's not just about, are they a good person? Are they a good player? Can they contribute? It's also, can we use that money a little bit better elsewhere? So ask me the question, Mark. Um, James Norwood, yes or no? It's it's much like Andy. It's a it's a re, it's a reluctant thumbs down. I think it's it's like we said about Piggott earlier. Time time for a fresh start for Norwood. Probably time for a fresh start for Ipswich. It just hasn't quite exploded into life. I think James needs to go and get get the love elsewhere, and Ipswich probably need to find a, a new goal scoring hero for this uh, for this new new proper new era. The next new era. It's another new era, right? So Watson saying Norwood's a joke too out the door. Um, mm-hmm. Roscoe, are you going to make it a full house of, uh, of Norwood out? Yeah, I'm kicking him out as well. Um, he's 31, as you know, over 30s, <laughs> get out, get in the sea, basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's been a shame, you know, Norwood, three years he's been at the club and, you know, the first league one season, <clears throat> well, my voice is cracking, I'm, I'm sad maybe to see Norwood go. Um, I think, yeah, I wouldn't say it's been an experiment with Norwood because we knew he could score goals. Um, but I think he just needs a fresh start. And it probably Norwood needs a fresh start. He just needs it, I think. You know, he's had a few criticisms from town fans and people alike. So he probably just wants to move on. And as we're, the boys already said, Kieran McKenna wants his main man, mm. um, main striker. So, yeah, um, James Norwood, goodbye. Out the door. Hutchie, what kind of level can Norwood play at? Is he, is he a league, just a League One player, do you think? Is he capable of playing higher? I think he'd need to get there himself as a, as yeah. a to be a championship footballer. I think he'd be need to be promoted. But I, I can I can certainly see him playing well and scoring goals for a promotion contending League One team if he can stay fit, which hasn't really been a problem for him this season in general. Um, obviously, we know he had his long time out of the team. As Stu said, he it was really admirable how he looked after himself during that time and made sure he was ready when he was was needed during that that period of December when he won the, the player of the month award mm. and then into the start of January as well. But I, I think he would, I think there are top, top end league one clubs who will show an interest in him and um, we'll see him again. I'd, if indeed he does. That's, that's going to be leave. fun. If yeah. and when this reunion with James Norwood comes, I, I, he doesn't strike me as someone that will uh, dial down his celebrations. I think yeah. um, but he's still going at it with Forest Green over like I think I think because when he let when he left Forest Green for Tranmere, I think I think there's still some ongoing uh, ongoing chat there. So be fun with okay. it. I'll get a prediction in now. James Norwood will hundred percent score against Ipswich Town next season if he if he plays against them. Um that will be set in stone. And then as you say, his celebration will be very interesting. Right then, so just for the record, that's that's four that's four downs. Um and from here on in we shall do them all together. There is another aspect that probably we need to raise just before we move on is is yeah. with the options. If if yeah. we've all gone thumbs down there, the next question is: Do you take an option to then try and sell? Which for me always feels really risky. If you're going to take an option on someone, but make it clear that you don't want them there, that you've not got a particularly strong negotiating stance. Um, but I guess something is better than nothing. And they, they managed it with Teddy Bishop last year. But I guess Teddy was a bit of a different case in terms of his age and potential. Um, you can't then go committing James Norwood's wage elsewhere until you've managed to get him off the books. And if you're waiting right to the end of the summer and you've got a nervous wait to do that, it's not something I'd be doing, but it's it's a conversation anyway. Yeah. OK, so that's Norwood. Next one, uh, and there's kind of four... Four names left for you to talk about. And this one, this guy is probably the lowest profile of those four. But because something has happened since we last spoke, I'm going to do him next. And that's Tyree Simpson. Um, because clearly since we last spoke on the pod last week, um, it's emerged that he, he's told town that he wants to leave the club. Uh, me and Stewie, we had a chat about this in a video on Friday, uh, back and forth. 
not, didn't really come to a conclusion there, Stewie, but this is very much a, a format in which I want us to come to a conclusion. Um, so we've already spoken about it. Hutchie, what do you make of this Tyree Simpson thing? It's a bit sad, isn't it? Um, mm. that it comes to this with a young player. Um, but I can I can see it I can see it from both sides on on this one, and I think that all adds up to to a, a bit of a mess, a bit of a messy situation. But I think it's got quite an obvious conclusion to it this summer, if I'm honest. And I don't really know how to talk about this without telling you what I actually think. Um, giving away my thumb. Um, well, I think I think <laughs> I think you I think you I think you are showing your hand slightly. Well, well um, you can't not, can you? you have no, to. exactly, exactly. Um, Speak away, my friend, and we'll do the formalities op- of the thumb at the end. There's an option in his contract, and they 100% have to take it because he's a young player that's got that's got value. There will be clubs plenty of that want him um, and will pay fees for him. So 100% take the option, and and then by by everything that we we hear, it, it, the club aren't just going to allow him to kind of walk out the door on his terms who have to go on the club's terms, whether, whether this is the right, um, whether this is the right scenario. I, I don't know. It's sad, but I, I think it's got a pretty obvious, um, got a pretty obvious summer, summer conclusion mm. and, and one that we're going to be talking about a fair amount for the next probably two months. Mm. Rossi, Tyree Simpson, you've probably seen him play more than the rest of us. Um, the 23s and, and younger as well. Uh, what do you make of this whole scenario situation? Uh, it's just standards, modern football, really, isn't it? You know, agents gets involved, contracts, young players, goes out on loan, gets recalled, which we shouldn't have done, really. But I think it's got a bit over, I don't know, hyped. I don't know if that's the right word, but I think it's been talked about too much when, okay, fair play to Tyrese. He went and Scored goals in League Two for Swindon, but that was his first taste of proper senior football. The, the times we have seen him in the the first team for town was cameos, and he looked raw, very raw indeed. Um, I was always impressed by him. But that was for the under twenty threes because he's a big boy. He's a, a former rugby player, so he's mm. always going to stand out playing against some you know skinny under twenty threes, you know quick, pacey wingers. Um, but I'm not that. That's sad about this, you know. I think I agree with Hachi. Definitely take the option because you got to. Um, but I think we just need to get this sorted out of the way. And he, he wasn't going to be the man, the saviour for our strikers to score goals. I think we should just get over it. I know he's an academy product. I think that's why we're a bit sentimental with this. But um, I don't think we need to be sentimental with a player who's made a few appearances for town, scored a few goals to Swindon in League Two. Um, yeah, just get get it over and done with and. Uh, There'll be another young striker, I'm sure, will come through the town ranks and this could be a, another cycle again. I like it. Clinical, heartless from Ross. Very good. Um, Stewie, we had a quite a long chat about this on, on Friday. Um, anything else to add? Not really. Very messy situation that feels like it could have been avoided. I think Ross is right. And Ipswich need to use their leverage and show a bit of strength. I get that, but I, I didn't like the recall because immediately you've put somebody's back up. I think mm. you've, you've lost Tyree Simpson's heart and mind the minute you would call him and say, sign this, or you you know, or you know, can't go back out on loan. That's mm. it. His head's gone then, isn't it? And it's been clear It's been from, from that moment. Could that have been a situation that everyone could have just sort of, when emotions were high in January, we just sort of said, okay, let's just ride out the next six months at Swindon, enjoy it, and we'll re- revisit this in the summer. And then... Who knows, this could have gone down a different direction. But too much water under the bridge now. The boys are right. Take the option and uh, and, and get as much as you can. I think Luton were a club that were were, were interested in him back back in January, which has probably sort of added added to all this. Um, wish him well, but Ipswich need to do what's what's best mm. for them. The presence of that option is is why this could be avoided, had have been avoided, in my opinion, because it, it, Ipswich weren't at risk of losing him for nothing. They have the con in January. They they had the contract option where you take that he's under mm. contract and you you come back in the summer hopefully with another ten goals under his belt and then you start talking about deals and and things like that. That that that's why it feels a bit 
a bit messy for me. But this option is very different to the Norwood one, isn't it, Stu? This is a, a teenager rather than than a thirty-one-year-old, thirty-two-year-old. Um, yeah, and, very, if, and if ultimately you don't get the the offer, if you think that you're getting offered below what he's worth, even with just twelve months on his contract, then Ipswich can stand firm and 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 let him ride out that twelve months. That's not going to have a massive impact on their budget in the same way no. that it would be sort of keep keeping James Norwood on on the squad. So yeah, very different situation. How much is Tyrese worth? As much as anyone's willing to pay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yes. It's, it's a, this is a tough one because he's only he's yeah. only anyone higher up the pyramid is buying potential. Anybody in League Two is buying a player who's had half a good good season. Mm. But there isn't that you, you don't get many sort of 100, 200, 300 grand transfer fees knocking around in League Two. So, um, yeah, town's best hope of getting a, a good fee for him is if Stu's mentioned Luton. I'm sure there are others who have had a little look at a teenager scoring double figures in the first half of a League Two season. Mm. But yeah, it's not um, less than a, people think. I think yeah. is probably the answer to, to that question. He's going to have 12 months less, and I think ultimately, yeah, to get some to extract some sort of money, it needs to come from a club that's probably in the Championship that thinks by paying now. You know, once it gets to January or next summer, you don't want to then get involved in a, in a bun fight with other clubs that are sort of scrapping to get him on a free. You can pay a little bit of a premium now, but you uh, you you're beating you're beating others to to the punch, and then hopefully that's uh, where you get your value for further down the line. But bun we'll fight, bun fight, what a tremendous term! I wonder what the uh, the provenance of that is. There must at one point have been a historic bun fight. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it while you discuss. Football. I would have loved to have been there for that. Oh yeah, just fuzzing <laughs> buns at each other. What a laugh! Um, right then. So in terms of the the thumbs up, thumbs down, I guess on a technicality there, we're saying thumbs up. Yeah. In terms of taking the extension, um, but maybe in terms of his future at the club, you're going probably not. Is that fair? So thumbs up on a technicality. Right then, three left. I'm going to start with Tom Carroll. Um, in terms of pedigree, right up there. In this town, in this town side, his background, um, Premier League pedigree, classy player, injury issues. Sue Watson, Tom Carroll. Um, I said after the the Cambridge game that I I didn't think we'd we'd see him again in an Ipswich Town shirt, and I think that's uh, that's going to prove to be the case. Dropped out of the squad completely at the weekend, as some of the the youngsters. Uh, came on onto the bench um i think when we were rating the ipswich town players right back in sort of a few weeks after the window i we had carol sort of mid to lower and i said that out of all the ones that could make the the highest rise mm. i had tom carroll down for all the reasons that you've outlined in terms of his pedigree he was someone that i think only the previous season first half of the season had rattled out 20 odd games for qpr and um was looking quite good in, in the championship, but he's maybe someone that looks better higher up the pyramid. He's a sort of a more of a technical player. And um, I just don't think he fits the qualities that Ipswich Town want at the moment. He's too, he's too passive. He's too sideways. I think that, that Ipswich, McKenna is going to look to add a bit more pace and dynamism and athleticism to uh, his squad. And I just don't think Tom, Tom Carroll, fits into that at this moment in time. Obviously, the injury question mark hangs over him as well. I'm not sure he's in terms of, we'll come on to sort of Sonia Luco in a minute, but I'm not sure in terms of being sort of an older player that's bringing qualities off the pitch in terms of character and personality and all those things. He, he maybe ticks that box that could sort of edge him over the line. So um, I'm going to jump the gun and say it's an it's a no from me. It's a thumbs down. Let's just get rid of the thumbs down. Let's let's not bother with the thumbs anymore, boys. Just just tell me what you think. Um, Hutchie, Tom Carroll, any argument? How did we make the thumbs work when we did this a year ago? Because I don't see I'm, how you can. I'm fairly actually... sure it's the same format, but I, don't, I obviously don't know. Um, as you say, because you, you kind of have to show your hand, don't you, when you're talking about the player? So I can't. Mm. I, I don't. I can't believe we went Luke Chambers. No, and let's talk about it. Well, maybe we did. Maybe I think we. we did. I think we did go thumbs and then discuss. Which oh. probably makes more sense. I've, I've completely balls this up. Sorry, friends. Um, anyway, it all comes out with the same answers in the end, let's, mate. It let's, doesn't matter. 
let's just go with it. So Tom Carroll, Siri saying thumbs down. What are you saying? I'm struggling. I'm struggling to make any argument for for him at this point. Um, intensity is what I want to see in the middle of midfield. I, th- I think that Kieran McKenna wants the same. I, I thought, and and I and I don't think he I don't think he brings it. Um, I don't think he has an option in his contract, which means you're going to have to be doing kind of fresh fresh terms at this point as well. And I don't think he fits from Ipswich's point of view. And from Tom Carroll's point of view, I'm not sure he's going to be jumping to uh, to sign another contract to stay at Ipswich either. So mm. I'd be interested to see where he does go, mind. Um, but I'd be absolutely shocked if he if he's here beyond, mm. um, beyond the summer. So Let's no. Go. Full house. We've got two no's. Yeah, he's 30 in May, so... Um, <laughs> You've checked. Using that again. Ch- just check that. Um, but yeah, just what the boys have just said, echo what they said. It is a no from me, um, and I just don't think he's the right man for that midfield going forward. So um, yeah, best of luck wherever he, he goes to. Okay, I'm going to stick with you, Rossi, for the next one. Super Sonne Aluko. Worst signing of the summer <laughs> window, um, according to yours truly. That, that's aged well. Uh, obviously injured at the moment, over the age of 30, Rossi. So he's got that as a big black mark against him in your in your little contract book. Um, what are your thoughts on Sonne? Uh, well, he surprised us all, didn't he? I think we all knew his calibre, um, but I think it was just a signing and probably why you put him as bottom of the list because it's like, do we really need Sonny Aluko? You know, he's, mm. he was 32 at the time. Um, and like, we, we've got loads of players in his position, but... He surprised us all. He's he's become a fan favourite, you know. Town fans are, you know, singing Oh, Sonny Aluko and all that. Um, but now, do we need him for next season? 33 years of age. If you really look at his stats, he actually hasn't got that involved. Like, you know, he scored, I think, three goals and maybe a few assists. Um, he had that great little period, did he, um, where he scored two against Cambridge and he got another goal against Pompey. And I think that's when we were like, oh my God, Sonny Luco is amazing. But um, but then he hasn't started all the time. He's had to come off the bench to make a few cameos. He hasn't played a full 90 minutes. Um, and I think that's probably his future now, maybe in, in, you know, for the rest of his career, he's probably making cameos. He may play a full 90 minutes if he can do it. Um, but my answer, do we keep Sonny Luco? Now, you mentioned earlier about character. I'm sure he's a great character behind the scenes. I'm sure he's, he's brilliant. Hmm. So, you know what? For another year, let's keep Sonny Aluko. I know he's 33. It's going to contradict myself there, but let's keep Sonny Aluko because um, I think he could just add that extra experience that we need. So, yeah, come on, Sonny. You're standing with Fred. I, like, I love that because you actually saw Ross's brain working live on air there. Um, <laughs> he was, he's working through the options. Um, Stewie, Ross has said keep Sonny. Um, obviously, you have a, an allegiance to him because he's a fellow baldy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what does that does that factor into this big decision? Yeah, big time. Yeah, <laughs> keep, keep all the baldies, more of them, please. Um, <laughs> I'm very conflicted on Sonny Aluko. I think he, out of all of the players on this list, I've, I've probably found him the most difficult to come to a conclusion on, really, because he has been such a joy to watch at times. And Ross is right on this occasion to talk about the age because he is getting to an age where you know he is 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 he's not going to get better put it that way um but i think every squad needs a balance of youth and experience and different qualities and it's he might be one that's a real not just low maintenance but someone that can contribute off the pitch as well that just mm. can be a good solid squad player that's required probably not going to break the bank that you could take his option on um just keep him around for just just one one more year. Not 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 to be a starter every week, but might be inclined just to just to take that option and, and just keep him around in the squad. Okay, so two say yes for Sonne. Um, Hutchie, there's a there's a term in American sport which me and you love, and obviously Stewie hates, um, which is a, a good dressing room guy. Um, in, in terms of that character in the dressing room, experience can can offer advice to the younger players. Been there, seen it, done it. Um, which would certainly seem to apply to Sonne. Um, but is that enough? Would you keep him? I, if you are, if you listen to Kieran McKenna talk about Sonny Luko, who I think we've been calling Sonny all season, but his name is actually Shawnee. 
Um, <laughs> that blew my mind when you told me that. Yeah, uh, it's kind of the last the last few weeks. In that I, I normally speak to the players after games, and like a few of them, have, where's Burns in particular? A few of them have sort of it's been being. I think they might have only realised halfway through the season that he's called Shawnee as well. Hold on, Th- this is not a joke. He's no, I think I I. I, I think if you asked him, he would tell you he's fine with either. But I think his name's Shawnee. Are you pulling That's my plon- Are you pulling my plonker? I thought this no. was a piss date because of the Rotherham game where the, the get- guy kept referring to him as Shawnee. Um, no, no, I he's think actually, his name is actually Shawnee. I think that might be his Shawnee. name. Yeah, That's wow. the correct pronunciation. I think is it so. really? I think so, but I, I'm sure he's he's a really nice guy. So I'm sure he's probably been called Sonny for the last 15 years, and it's just oh like goodness. yeah, yeah, that's me. Um, mm. But yeah, I think I think that's his name. Um, but yeah, Kieran McKenna, he talks about him so warmly about what he's like around his squad. Um, I asked him last week about because um, he missed the game, the the home game the the other weekend. Um, why have I completely forgot? Who did they play the weekend before this? At well, home? Wigan. Wigan. Oh, Wigan. Wigan. Tuesday night at Wigan. He, mm. Wig, Aluko watched the Wigan game from up in the press box with the analysis team. And I asked I asked McKenna about Aluko and um, what qualities he brings. And he speaks so warmly about, about him and his influence on the squad. But we, we, I also asked him about like whether that's something that he could go into in the future. And, and McKenna was talking about it, that that's up to him up. That's up to Shawnee. Um, does he pursue that now? Or does he think he can play a lot more? And I think he can play a lot more, but I don't think that's going to happen at Ipswich. I think they're going to invest in that area of the pitch. Mm. But I, I think Aluko might want to go and play somewhere. And I think McKenna and Aluko have a, such a good relationship that they'll talk about that. So I think one of two things is going to happen. I think he's either going to be to go with McKenna's blessing, go and play somewhere else and those two keep in touch. Or my gut feeling is that there might even be some kind of player coaching position or so, something backroomy available for him here. So I don't know how to answer it. And if you'd let me, I'd put a thumb in the middle. That's what um, you do, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think you are going to let me. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go release. Okay. I think. Something's just struck me. You're not we're not on on the uh Sonny Shawnee debate. It's not just Kieran McKenna's Northern Irish accent here that's uh that's led us to this conclusion. No. Is it? No, it's the players, it's his teammates. It's, okay. it's it's actually not Kieran. I think Kieran might actually call him Sonny. <laughs> just to I, confuse matters further. Yeah. I, I'm sure there's two ways to pronounce his first name, but one of them is definitely Shawnee. Wow. And here is me laughing at the commentator at Rotherham. Um, okay. So we've got two thumbs up, keep Shawnee, uh, and one reluctantly let Shawnee leave, although technically... Oh, I can't. Sorry, I can't go with Shawnee. It's, it's, <laughs> it's too ingrained. Whether it's correct or not, it just sounds weird. <laughs> Let's just call him Aluko. Okay, I'll go with right. Sonny or Sonny, but not okay, Shawnee. Not Shawnee. Okay, fair enough. So that's that's two to one uh, for Aluko. Uh, right, final final one, and, and this is kind of crazy. We're even actually having this as a serious debate because at the start of the season, it, he would probably have been in the the four that I started with. Uh, no future, obvious. Um, but Caden Jackson, who again, like several others in this team, has come from the frigid, frozen wastelands of the on the way out the door club at Ipswich Town to come back into the first team, score goals. And actually, before his injury, he was Town's most informed striker. Um, what a roller coaster ride Caden Jackson's had at Ipswich Town. And Andy Warren, what would you do with KJ this summer? Um, I would I would look to keep him. There's no option on him that he's playing in his option year because they took the option on him last summer to try and sell him. Mm. Um, and didn't, which is what Stu was talking about earlier. And yes, that that can cannot lead to particularly good things. But in Caden Jackson's case, it's led to um, it's led to a, a mini resurgence, which which was cruelly um, hit by injury. But for me, he's very in a very different case to Norwood. I, I think he does 
quite well fit McKenna's profile. If they can agree fresh terms, I think he could very easily be one of a group of strikers. As we've said so many times, I think we all think that the main man's not at the club yet, but Jackson fits that role better. So if I have a Ipswich Town, I'm trying to keep Caden, Caden Jackson. Um, but you're going to have to negotiate fresh terms. Not entirely convinced that Caden's going to be bang up for that because mm. you, uh, you are going to have some honest conversations where you're talking about we're signing strikers this summer and I'm sure McKenna is the kind of guy who is honest with his players so that's a hurdle but I also think that Jackson will appreciate just quite how how much McKenna's sort of helped him and and, and done for him in the last few months so I would I would try and keep him and I hope he's here um, next season. Stewie? Echo your uh, your best bud. Uh, agreed. Yeah, I think um, he brings a different type of quality. He'll be part of a forward unit, as Andy says. That's that's an honest conversation that's got to happen. But it sounds like they've made progress on that. I think Sam Morsey appeared on a podcast recently and said it. It sounds like Caden is is staying. Um, talked about Norwood's sort of professionalism earlier. I think Caden deserves a hell of a lot of credit for keeping himself. Um, ready to to go and take that chance when it when it came again un, under a new manager. A lot of other players, their heads would have completely mm. gone during the the, the sort of uh, period that Caden Jackson has had at the club, being made to train with the twenty threes by Lambert, being you know one more than one foot out the door under under Paul Kirk as well. So for him to have come in and had the impact he's got, he's, the biggest thing he's got going for him is pace. And every every squad needs pace, and Ipswich, I think, of uh, that is one of their deficiencies. Still has been for a little while, and I think that's why McKenna used him. I think I'm not sure he's ever going to be a 20 goal a season man. I think he's got there some technical deficiencies still, uh, certainly in in the middle of the pitch. But he can run the channels. He can he can press high. He can stretch defenses, which gives crucially others room to play in behind. And I think Ipswich Town's sort of double number 10s were playing at their best. Selina was probably playing at his best during that period when Jackson was in the team because Jackson creates room for others to play. So, um, yeah, if they can if they can come to a, a good, sensible deal with Caden Jackson, he's staying for me. Rossi, you going to make it a full house? I am indeed. Um I think, yeah, Kieran McKenna likes him. Um, and we don't really have many pacey players, do we? I know we've got Wes Burns, but um, we haven't really got any other really pacey players in our team. So mm. I think maybe that's what Kieran McKenna will look into um, because, yeah, you know, the forward line, we need to strengthen that. Um, but no, yeah, he's gone through a lot, Kane Jackson. And uh, yeah, getting injured at the time where he was probably the best form of his life when he's at town. Um, so yeah, give him another year and see what Kieran McKenna can do. Um, for KJ, let's see what he can do. Okay, there's there's been not very many bun fights in this particular part of the show, um, and I have looked that up. Apparently, that that term comes from Victorian times when children would argue over the buns and cakes that they were given to eat. So there you go, edutainment, my friends, education and entertainment. That's where the term bun fight comes from. Oh, Hutchie, you're on mute. Oh yeah, I am on mute. Um, <laughs> saying that's a shame. I was ho- we were hoping there was one, the battle of, the battle of Bog End Bakery or something in in <laughs> in, in, in seventeen ninety where where everyone chucked their buns. That's a shame. Just I want a big event. You wanted this to be fighting with the buns rather than for a bun. Yeah, yeah, using the buns, overcooked buns. What would be the best bun for a bun fight? You, you, does a rock cake count? Because that would surely be the what, what you want. What is a rock cake? Like it's like a, it's like a hard scone, isn't it? Or scone. Um. So yeah, it's it's that's basically what it is. So you want sounds, something? If you, if you, sounds if you, dreadful. If, it's delicious, actually, mate. Um, if you chuck in stuff in a in a bun fight scenario, you want the hardest things possible to chuck, don't you? So your cream bun, your cinnamon roll, that kind of thing, they're just going to do no damage at all. Whereas if you've got a solid rock cake that's gonna potentially mm. do some some damage cream that's bun fun. would be funny though 
Like that would oh, be like, yeah. on the comical end, you get the old custard pie, and that's just absolutely. Like, that's your front line, kind of in like chess. They'd be your pawns. They'd be <laughs> running around with their cream. Obscure the face. Yeah. First of all, your Learn first vision, line, and then absolutely smack them with a rock cake. Excellent. Anyway, <laughs> that's an unexpected digression. Right then, friends, we've done we've done all the out of contract players um, from rock cakes to out of contract players. Um, I think now we've come up to an hour. So the boy Hutch via the WhatsApp group has just suggested keeping the lone players, which again, there's four solid conversations we had there, four potential bun fights. Um, and that would make good content for Thursday's edition of the Kings of Anger podcast. So that's what we'll do. Um, let us know what you think about the out-of-contract players, because clearly, although all the boys there have pretty much agreed with each other, um, there are going to be people out there who who will disagree. So do let us know, um, and we'll, we'll maybe bring that up to speed on, on Thursday's show as well. Gents, is there anything else that you wish to discuss today? Hutchie, what's your shirt of the day? It looks like... Um... Any ideas? Red and, Red white. and white vertical right. stripes. Um, Trying to read the sponsor. The sponsor is that Kappa. Is that made by? No, I couldn't see what the logo was. Um, European side. I was going to say uh, Spanish. Yes, Bilbao. Yes, athletic uh, Bilbao. Mm. You not long ago went to Bilbao, didn't you, Hutchin? You were telling me what a beautiful place it is. Lovely place. Thoroughly recommend Bilbao. Very, very nice. Very much on my list since you've. You said that. Um, so there you go, Bill. About anything else to mention, friends? Anything else um, to get off your chest before we go and do some work? Yes, Rossi. We're still doing the hand ups thing, yeah. Um, of course, today I wasn't alive, but thirty years ago today, Town got promoted, of course, to the the first Premier League. There's a proper word in it for the first Premier League, whatever. Um, of course, Inaugural. Um, that's the word. That's the word. I didn't want to butcher it. Um, good old Mike Bacon has done a special podcast with Craig Forrest, so you can listen to it after this. And of course, he's one with Jason Desire as well. So just plug in for Mike as he's on holiday. But um, yeah, 30 years ago today, um, second division winners. Um, so there we go. Excellent plug, Rossi. Very professional. Can I ask you, though, what at what point do you qualify for good old status? Um, you, you have respect, and I just, if, if it floats with the conversation, is it, it's one yeah. of these, isn't it? It is, like Sue yeah. said, it's the Kylie Minogue, the player rating scale. If it feels right, you go for it. Um, yeah. So good old Mike Bacon in that in that rating. Uh, and I'm also, me, I'm not calling it old, by the way. You're not old. You're just good old. He like, is. He is, he is definitely old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's definitely definitely old. Um, I should also mention on the, on the plugging scale, Ross, the the Carry Fan Social from last week, where we had a request um, in mailbag to rank all the signings, which I've done twice terribly this season uh, in print written words um and you did it as the podcast last week did you not yeah it was yeah good fun um i've completely forgot what was said on it so it, there you go to it. <laughs> you, you go back and listen to it that's a great uh, plug <laughs> stewie anything else to mention my friend no other business no other business excellent okay here endeth monday's edition of the kings of anglia podcast we've looked back at crew we've talked about efl awards and look out for andy's league one team of the season coming to you online soon and most of all we've looked at out of contract players and we've had no bun fights about them so do let us know what you think about it all um please do remember to support the sponsor manscaped um use the code koa at manscaped.com for 20 percent off and free delivery and also follow us across all our social media, Kings of Anger, on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. YouTube especially, because we're really trying to push that at the moment. And please do leave us a five-star review on iTunes, because we've not had one of those for a while. And that helps us greatly uh, in terms of visibility in the iTunes charts, which means that more people can happen across this nonsense and join, sign up to the KOA Army. Right then, friends, that's Monday's show in the books. Have a great start to the week, and we'll be back later on this week to have a bun fight about the low-knee players at Ipswich Town. See you then. to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.